0: Well, good morning, everybody. Uh, it is April twentieth, two thousand eighteen. Uh, depending on where you're at in the country, I know some people have uh, called in from different places. Here in the middle of Michigan, the sun is out and we are scheduled to get uh, up past the forties today. So, um, very exciting here in our neck of the woods. Uh, I know some of you are coming from warmer climates and you're like, "Oh my gosh, what in the world?" But for us, that is pretty cool. Um, So a couple things before we get started. Just thank you again for for being here, for um, being a part of this leadership series. Uh, I'm I'm having a lot of fun putting the material together. I really hope it's adding value to you. Um, Normally what I would try to do is have a teaching time and then have some questions and answers afterwards. However, today I am going on, I guess it's an adult equivalent of a field trip. Uh, I have a dear friend of mine who... Um, she's a little more in touch with nature than I am. Let's just say that, okay? Uh, and some of you know that, uh, maybe going out into nature isn't necessarily my cup of tea, uh, and she has asked me to, um, go with her on an adventure today and go see, um, different birds. So, um, yeah, there's that. Uh, so, uh, I'm really trying to cultivate in my life j- trying new things, um, not just judging them before I do them, uh, and so this is kind of my stretch. So um, I will need to leave right away today. Uh, however, if you would like, um, please write down any questions or comments that you might have, and I'm actually going to give you two ways that you can communicate with me. The first one is through my email. Um, So that is growbyone at gmail.com, so G-R-O-W-B-Y, the number one, at gmail.com. You can always get a hold of me there. Um, But another way that you can contact me is through um, texting. So if you're a texter and you have a question or a comment, um, my phone number is 989-289-8700. And yes, I'm giving that out on this line because I do want to interact with you. Okay. I'm not so concerned that you're going to, you know, text me or kind of invade my space or anything like that. I really want this to be an ongoing conversation. So feel free to text or even give a call. Um, obviously if you call today, I'll be birding. So <laughs> I won't answer the phone. Um, but please text or give me an email with any questions or comments that you have. Um, I do want to say thank you for your patience. Uh, we, we did not make last Friday's call. Um, I happened to be uh, speaking at a, a rather large conference, and then all of a sudden uh, the stomach flu showed up in force. Um, and so I knew pretty soon that um, we weren't going to be able to have our call. Um, so thank you for those of you, I know some of you showed up on the line and you were wondering where I was. Um, and also thank you to those of you who have um, you know, just been praying, sending good thoughts, asking me how I'm doing. I am, you know, almost back to, to normal. I'm probably 85% today. So thank you for your kind words and thoughts. I really appreciate that. All right. So uh when I was thinking about what to talk about today, um, I kept coming back to questions. Um I've been doing a lot of teaching lately on how to ask really good questions. And then I've also been thinking about learning models. So learning models are kind of the the patterns that we have set on how we learn something. Okay? Um, so we all have learning models of achievement that we've built over time. What we feel has kind of worked for us in the past. Uh, and, of course, if we do, our staff does too right? And sometimes it's easy for us to see our staff learning model might not be working for them too well, right? Uh, but how do you help them break out of that cycle to grow? That's really what we're going to address today. So let me start with a couple examples. Um, there was a really interesting study done by Skinner in 1947 on pigeons. Uh, the gist of the study was that they fed a group of pigeons at the same time of day, in the same place, and in the same way, right? So they got very conditioned. Well, after a little bit, the pigeons expected what was coming, and to no one's surprise, they came ready to eat at those times. But what was really interesting was that the researchers then began feeding the pigeons at completely random times. They would actually set their clocks at random times to ensure it wasn't evenly spaced, and and they chose to feed them in different methods. So what they did was they conditioned this group of pigeons, um, and then they completely rocked their world, right? Um, So what happened was that certain pigeons began developing very strange behaviors. Um, And they began tracking these behaviors, and what they found was that um, uh, uh, a pigeon would develop a belief that if I stand on one leg and I put my head back and I turn in a circle three times, the food will come. Now, why would he develop that belief? Because that's probably what he did when the food came the first time and maybe even the second time right and so as soon as he realized that oh this if i do this then the food will come he developed the belief that that was how the food came to him they literally thought that their behavior caused the food to come to them now think about that for a minute they were being fed from an outside source and they still believed that it was their behavior that brought the results that they saw now kind of pause in that line of thinking. I'm going to share another example, um, but we're going to come back to this because this is really, really important. There are many learning models of achievement that we've kind of come up with that are similar to this pigeon behavior that we don't even realize we're doing. But let me give you an example that's a little closer to home. So my eight-year-old daughter, Ellie, somewhere in her short life, And quite frankly, I have a sneaky suspicion that her brother did it to her. Um, She developed a belief that when you go through the security machines in a store, so like you're entering into a store, there's the columns, and you go through, um, that you have to hold your breath. Now, I don't know why, and no, I've never figured out what will happen if you don't, but that's her belief. But when I realized this, I, I started to pay more attention. Uh, now, I know that what we do in one area of our life, we do in all areas of our life. So uh, what I think is really interesting, and you might want to think about this a little bit more later on, but you can take one day out of your life. So let's take a, a normal day, right? So a normal working day. And that day can be almost a mini case study for your whole life. And what's interesting is that you can take one event, and that can be a mini case study for your life. So, for example, how she is treating this, you know, these security columns is how she is learning and treating other things in her life. So, as Allie's mom, I don't want her run by a fear of something that she doesn't even know where it came from. So, what do you do? Well, I, I spent a good deal of time thinking about this, and I came up with an idea. So for a while, when we approached those pillars, um, we thought about something else we could do while we were holding our breath, right? So I didn't take away the belief of holding your breath. I said, hey, um, when, what else could we do? So sometimes we twirled around. Um, sometimes we pretended to fly like a bird, or sometimes we were skipping through, Right. Um, I got her to the point where she was coming up with what we were doing while we were holding our breath. And then after we got into that, I said, okay, now let's do the same thing without holding our breath. And so I would ask her, what do you want to do? Okay, so we're going to fly through like a bird, but don't hold your breath. Keep breathing, right? Why did I do that? See, I don't want her run by a belief or a learning model that is driven by fear. I want her to see that she has options. If she chooses to walk through and hold her breath still, that's fine, right? I'm not going to take that option away from her, but I'm really trying to build in her the belief that she has options. Does that make sense? Um, I don't want her to just go through life, you know, this. One day, I came up with this idea, and this is what I do for the rest of my life. If she chooses to do that, great. Um, But she's not like a pigeon, right? She's not driven by superstition. I want her to be a causative person, bringing about the result that she wants to see in life, rather than placing her life energy and focus on things she thinks might get her what she wants. Let me say that again. I want her to be a causative person, bringing about the results that she wants to see in life, rather than placing her life energy and focus on things she thinks might get her what she wants. I don't want her to be like that pigeon turning around in circles with your head held back because you think that's going to get you what you want. Does that make sense? So... When Ellie approaches a problem, a situation, or a challenge in life, I want her belief system, her learning model of achievement, to include the belief that she has many choices and that she is in charge. So how about you? Um, What's your learning model of achievement? Uh, What do you do when you approach a problem, a challenge, or a difficult situation? So a couple of weeks ago, we, we talked about defaults, right? What is your default when it comes to problem solving? So do you avoid problems? Do you go with your gut, or do you think about them for a long time? Do you ask other people for help, or do you try to go it alone? Do you do something you've always done and wait for a different result? Hmm. What's your learning model? See, what what you do with a problem, and and I don't care if it's professional or personal, what you do with a problem is how you approach your whole life. Now, what about your staff or your team members? How do they approach problem solving? What is their learning model? Um, Maybe are they like those superstitious pigeons? thinking, oh, if I just turn around in circles and put my head back, I'll get what I need. Um, perhaps they're like an ostrich with their head in the sand. Anytime a problem comes, they hide. Maybe they're like a pelican carrying along a lot of baggage that's slowing them down, right? Or maybe they're a hummingbird just kind of flitting along as fast as possible from one thing to another. Um And maybe they're like a pterodactyl that tries to take everyone's head off. (laughs) Clearly, when I was coming up with these examples, I was thinking birds already, right? Um, So that might be my theme for the day. But, you know, thinking about trying to figure out, okay, who are these people and how do they approach those problems and, and challenges? Because how they approach that is how they approach life. So, you know, the first step is really trying to understand what is their learning model. Um, but how do you get them to change their learning model of achievement if you realize, ooh, this might not be working for them or for, for us as a team? Um, it, it goes right back to my example with Ellie. There's uh, five steps to this, uh, whether for yourself or with your staff. So I, I really highly encourage you to write these five steps down so that later you can go back and, and reflect on them. First of all, of course, for yourself, right? Um, please don't try to um, take this and, and use it with your staff unless you've used it with yourself. Um, I, I love an example that I heard from my mentor a few weeks ago. He was talking about Gandhi and how um, he had a mother come to him and say, uh, here's my, my child. Uh, my young child, and uh, can you please tell him that he needs to stop eating sweets, needs to stop eating sugar? And um, the mother had traveled hours and hours to come and, and have his kind of mentorship with his child. And, and Gandhi looked at her and said, you know, listen, um, I would love to talk to you about this, but I need you to come back in two weeks. And she said, two weeks? Why two weeks? you know, we're here right now. We've we've traveled five hours just to get here. Can you just tell them not to eat sugar? And he said, please come back in two weeks. So they traveled all the way back home. And then two weeks later, they, you know, five hours one way, she comes back and she's expecting something, you know, miraculous. And uh, so she brings her son and she says, okay, we're back. And he looks at the child and he says, stop eating sugar. And that's it. And the mom is looking at him incredulous like, what? (laughs) You have no idea how much time and energy I've put into getting us here, and that's all you're going to say? And he looks at her and he says, ma'am, I can't tell him to stop eating sugar. I needed the two weeks to stop eating sugar so that I could tell him to stop. I can't just tell him to stop if I haven't done it myself. I love that story. So if that's all you get from today, please just make sure that anything that I'm kind of sharing out with you, um, there's this understanding that you're going to take it on for yourself first, try to figure it out, really get it in you, and then take it to your staff, okay? So if you are driving, uh, you can email me. I will send you these notes, okay? Um, so please be safe. Uh, otherwise, go ahead and take some notes. There's five steps. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to tell you, okay, number one, here's here's the step, and then I'll give you a part of the example that I'm going to be using, okay? So rather than giving you all five and go through the example, I'm kind of going to break up my example a little bit, okay? I, I'm just letting you know because there are some people on the line, um, you know, that that might have that personality that just needs to know where we're going with this, okay? All right, so step number one. Um, You need to be aware that they have a learning model and what it is, okay? So you need to be aware that all of your staff members have a learning model and and have a general understanding of what it is, right? Um, You do this through observing and asking questions. Uh, So, for example, I have a client that I'm working with that she was very fond of saying, I can't do that, I don't have any money. Um, Any time we would bring up an idea, well, I can't do that. I don't have money for that. And when we first started working together, she used to say it almost as often as she took a breath. At least that's what it seemed like to me. Uh, and I listened to this for about two months. And mind you, we have a call every week, right? And she would say it somewhere between four to six times on every single call. Now, first of all, she's given me permission to tell this story and use her as an example. So um, I I see you. I'm not going to say your name, I promise. Um, I asked her about it, and she actually told me she didn't even know she was doing it. Think about that. So she said it, what, you know, 8 to 12 times every time we talked, and she didn't know she was saying it. Um, it's it's a leftover statement from when she was growing up, and she constantly heard it from her parents, right? Like, we can't do that. We don't have money. We can't do that. We don't have money. We don't have money. We don't have money. It was her default button. But again, how you do things in one area is how you do them in all. So we really had to sit and brainstorm all the other places that she might be limiting her life, and we found that there were several key areas that were affected, Um, So this learning model was the very program that was kind of running in the background of her mind that influenced every area of her life. Okay? So first of all, observe and figure out, okay, what is the learning model here? Oh, I noticed something here. Okay? The second step, um, number two, is to think about questions that you might ask and possible options. So you're thinking. Right I'm not telling you to do it. You're thinking about questions you might ask, and what are some possible options? So you really, you're setting aside thinking time to brainstorm. Um, and no option is too crazy. okay that's That's what a brainstorm is. No option is too crazy. So in that two months where I was noticing uh, she kept saying this over and over, I actually began thinking about how to address this problem. Um, before I said anything to her, and I came up with a list of possible questions, I then listed some options to get my own brain working. That, that's really what you're trying to do. You're not listing options to tell them this is what you should do, but really to get your own brain working. And I prepared myself for the conversation, right? So I had to think about, well, what is my learning model related to money, Right? Making sure that I wasn't using the same model or having the same thoughts or behavior. Okay? A lot of people skip this thinking step because they want to get to the doing and addressing the problem. When in reality, when you prepare yourself and make sure yourself uh, that you are ready, it's easier to address the problem later. Okay, so number three, ask them what they would like to do while using their current learning model, okay? So remember what I did with Ellie, right? So you're not trying to to take away that, that learning model right now. You're trying to add in another option. This is really key. So they need to have a choice, right? So brainstorming choices beforehand if they don't have any of their own. That's where that list comes in. Okay, you've thought about this, you have some ideas. Doesn't mean that's what you're gonna do, But if they don't come up with their own ideas, now you have options, okay? So you're asking them what they would like to do while using their current learning model. So, for example, um, with this client, I asked her what she would like to do about this after we talked about where this belief came from, okay? So we said, "Um, hey, did you notice how many times you said this? She said, no, I, I, I had no clue. And I said, why do you think this is popping up? We found out, oh, it was probably from when she was a kid. Okay, great. Now we know it's there. We know where it came from. Um, we can identify it because we're more aware of it. So I said, well, what would you like to do? Um, and she agreed that it wasn't serving her well. Uh, and we came up with a plan to track her observations of how many times she said it. Now listen here, uh, at this point, I'm not trying to take it away. She just wanted to become more aware of it. So we're not solving the problem necessarily, but we want to be more aware. So she said, I want to track how many times I actually say this. So that's the key. We didn't work on changing her saying it at that time, just tracking how many times she said it. Um, I think we were both surprised by the number. I won't share it here, uh, but just just thinking about that number really makes me chuckle. Um, because you can't address a problem until you know what the problem is, right? All right. So number four. Number four. You ask them what they'd like to do while they're changing that model. So you're going to try something new, but just still slightly familiar. Okay. Um, so ask them what they'd like to do while you're changing that model. So for this client, the next step. Was to track when she said it and come up with an alternative saying. So once she had gotten into the habit of two or three weeks of, of just kind of uh, having a tally mark, keeping track of, of uh, how many times and when she said it, then she came up with, we had a brainstorming session, and I think it was like 20 minutes long, and we said, okay, what are some alternatives um, that you could say? Um, so one of them was, uh, I don't know where the money's coming from yet. Right? So if she caught herself saying, "I can't, I don't have money." She'd say, "I don't know where the money's coming from yet." Or, uh, "I can find the money somewhere." or, "All the money I need will find me when I need it." right? So just coming up with alternatives. so the the key at this step was tracking what she was saying and choosing something else to say so not necessarily exactly what she was saying right the focus wasn't on what she was saying it was noticing that it was there tracking it and choosing an alternative because really i want her to have that belief that you are in charge you get to choose how many of you have staff members that maybe come in and have um let's say maybe not the 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 most stellar attitude right Maybe they don't even realize that they're doing it. Maybe they don't even realize that it's not serving them well. So, you know, we'd like to change that attitude because we know how catchy that is, right? Um, But maybe you'll have to take them through these steps so that they can see that they have a choice of how they're going to feel. Okay. So the emphasis was that she had a choice and she needed to be able to explain why she picked that saying. So basically to be in control of her freedom at that moment, right? Isn't that interesting? To be in control of her freedom. Um, You know, I got to say that for whatever reason this morning, uh, well, I can tell you why. So my Ellie, my eight-year-old, is um, highly social, and she is going on a daddy daughter date tonight, um a school dance. Uh so my husband and, and she will have a great time. Um, but the theme is like a fifties a sock hop, right? And she realized last night that she doesn't have a fifties type dress. Apparently this is a very big problem. And so it completely derailed her morning and you know, she turned into somebody I haven't seen in a while. Let's just say that. And uh, I, I had to say, listen, this day is going to go as well as you let it. And then I had to just kind of let the storm pass. Um, but she's not aware that this is even happening. Um, and, and maybe that's where some of your staff are too. Maybe that's where you are. I don't know. But be in control of your freedom. All right, step number five. So give them the choice to choose on their own and provide support to ensure that they're not going back to their default. Okay, so they need to choose. They need to be in charge because you don't want to be the police of them. It's hard enough doing that for yourself, right? And be there to provide support if you notice that they're going back, okay? So follow-up, observations, ask more questions. so with this client, what I did was, you know, we came up with, uh, okay, now you're more aware, you're making these choices, you know, what what's your kind of default saying? Um, and then I let her loose, right? We didn't talk about that for a few weeks. I, I let her loose and and to see what would happen. And I, I think she'd agree with me that it was a little easier than what we thought it would be. It really was. Um, she eventually found a phrase that she liked the most. I think it was something like, Uh, All the money I need will find me when I need it, right? Um, And after several weeks, not only did she stop saying it on our calls, um, but she began to see forward momentum in all of the areas that she was seeking growth in. So those other areas that we brainstormed earlier, we said, hey, you know, some of this limiting belief is kind of holding you back here. She was now able to see growth in relationships at home. Um, and just personal growth things that she was looking for. And that's a really key piece here because her learning model was driving all of these aspects of her life. So when we address the learning model in one area, it helped her in all areas. Think about that. Let's go with that example of an attitude change. If you or your staff members need an attitude change, if you can change your attitude at work, well, don't you think you'd have a better attitude at home and vice versa? Yeah, because because that's how it works, right? So give them that choice to choose on their own and ask them why. So if you notice something, you know, every once in a while, um, she'll still kind of slip back into that and say, oh, man, I can't do that because I don't have money. And I'll just say, where could you get the money? And that's like a a key switch for her to go, ooh, yeah, that's right. Okay, where can I get the money? Um, So rather than slipping back into that default, one question can kind of bring her out into, you know, the new awareness that we have. Okay, so I'm not going to spend much more time on this, but think about it. You know, some people might say, Michelle, yeah, but you don't know the staff person that I have. They have issues. Uh, yeah, I know that staff person because I've had that person on my roster. Uh, but every time that I've tried to understand them, that I've asked questions, that I've tried to understand what is their learning model and urge them on to growth every single time, I have been pleasantly surprised at their growth. So where in the world do we pick up these models? Well, we pick them up from our parents and other important adults in our life like teachers, right? Um, Here's a few common learning models that you or your staff might have. Maybe some of you recognize this. Um, I'll just wait until the teacher tells me what to do. Or how about this one? I loved hearing this one as a teacher. What font size and margins do I need to use? Or this isn't really important anyway. I'll just do my own thing. Or how about I'll wait until someone yells at me before I do anything? Or I'll wait until the last minute, and then I'll just kind of pull something out of my hat. Do you recognize any of these? Do you see yourself? Yeah. So see it in yourself first. Observe it and try to identify the model in others. Sometimes it's easier to see it in others. Um, You might need a friend, uh, somebody who who supports you, to see it in you. but ask questions and, and work with them to see different results, okay? Don't try to fix them. Just try to make sure that everybody is more aware, all right? So I see it is 830. Um, I could talk about this, quite frankly, for more much more time. Uh, I won't bore you. Um, I hope that this has been helpful. Um, please, please, please email me, text me, call me uh, with your thoughts, your your comments, your questions, um, also, if I'm not going to see you sometime this week, some of you I will, others I won't, um, feel free to send me some thoughts that you have for, hey, Michelle, I'd like to know more about this. Um, so if you're, you're struggling with something or you'd just like more help with something, um, text, call, email, let me know, because I'm always looking for new ideas, all right? So thank you for trading your life force to be here today. I thoroughly appreciate it. Uh, I send you out with many blessings, and I am holding an image of you as powerfully productive, efficient, and empowering. Make your Friday and your weekend great. I will go ahead and open unmute everybody so we can say goodbye to one another. Thank you once again. Go ahead and have a fabulous Friday. Thanks, Michelle. Yes. Thank Thank you. you. Goodbye. Have an awesome day. Thanks, Michelle. Bye-bye.